Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is NBS Fitness Radio. All right, what's up? Uh, we are back with on NBS Fitness Radio with Taylor Somerville. Taylor owns a company called Symmetry. Uh, had a previous background in the investment world and uh, kind of had did a total 180. So let's talk real quick about kind of what Symmetry is. So with Symmetry, I help busy people take back control of their lives. They have more time, more energy, and less stress. Everything I do is kind of geared towards breathing. Uh, proper breathing helps with stress management. So we do a lot with the breathing aspect for you know health, performance, stress. We also do things like heat and ice contrast therapy, learning how to handle stressful events in the moment, uh, really playing with the mind, do some intense pool workouts, dumbbells in the water. Uh, then also, you know, my approach with clients is we're looking at your mindset. We're looking at your daily habits, your nutrition, your what are your movement patterns, you know, how are, how are you doing your movement as well, and really helping you, you know, craft the lifestyle and habits that you can always come back to because we all have these tools inside of us. We just need to learn them and tweak them and know how to use them ourselves. And really the breath is, is one of the best tools that we have to help change our mental and physical state, but it's something that most of us have never been taught. And that's interesting because I think for a lot of people, they when they think about like health, uh, specifically like fitness, um, it starts with like training. Mm-hmm. It doesn't start with mindset, breath, nutrition, training. Like it, it, they've got the, the order flipped. So it's that's right. Yeah, <laughs> right. So uh, we'll get we'll get more into kind of uh, that aspect. But you started off in the investment world. Um, talk about kind of like what that was like and like uh, how that pushed you towards finding this mm-hmm. this breath stuff. So I was 15 years in the investment world. Last 11 of those were on a trading floor, high stress environment. I was in macro trading group at a commodity firm here traded interest rates, you know, in front of multiple screens a day, constant flow of information coming at me. Uh, I was very much a kind of a short fuse person, uh, a lot of anxiety, a lot of just personal and professional stress. Also went through a divorce as I was going through this as well and uh, really found these techniques and they helped me personally. And after a while, I was like, I need to just get out. And, you know, I knew I didn't want to be doing that when I was, 65 years old uh, and it was one of those things where if I didn't leave at that time I was never going to leave because you just get those golden parachute those golden handcuffs I mean and you're just locked in and you never want to leave that um it seems like that is I mean is is that kind of typical for that um that profession it seems like there's no way to do it without it being crazy high stress uh I think Especially when you start out, it, it is like that. And you look around, and especially the kind of the older group of people, you know, that's just the way it was, the grind and, and kind of going at it. Now you look at some of those guys who are, you know, the biggest, some of the biggest money managers, investment managers, CEOs, they all have these practices in their lives because they either some type of meditation, breath work, some type of stillness practice because they know incorporating that helps them perform better gotcha. when they can turn it on because they know they need to turn it on and turn it off. And if you're always on, you're eventually going to crash. Yeah, it seems like um, yeah, in, in that world, it when, when it is this constant updates, like markets are constantly fluctuating, constantly updating. You hit, like to, to take in all that information all day, all the time, 
um, I can see it being difficult to like turn that off because you're always afraid of like missing something or being second or not exactly. being first, right? Yep. And so That's there's, right. I can see that being like a super high stress. So it, it seems like you almost would either kind of build up to the point where you either like burn out, yeah, completely bust, or go crazy. Or you're like, I gotta figure out a way to like manage this. Manage it in a in a healthy way, you know. And a lot of people switch to drugs, alcohol, right. things like that. So it's you know finding a healthy way to manage it. Okay, so um, so you kind of came around breath work at that time. Like, were you seeking it? How, uh, did someone like introduce it to you? How did you find um, like the first instance of like breathing for? Uh, for stress management? So I think it was probably just reading a book um, on meditation. I'd heard about meditation, so I found a book on mindfulness for meditation, read that, started incorporating some of those practices, realized just that little bit helped me and how I was able to handle stress. And then uh, I like to go deep down the rabbit hole, seeking things, and uh, really got into other techniques, found Wim Hof, uh, got into his technique, realized that can immediately change how you feel, where meditation, you don't really feel it for a while. Yeah. Uh, and that changed me instantly. And then from there, heard Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese, Brian McKenzie, um, Tim Ferriss, uh, and heard them talking about the breath work. They were doing pool training, the heat and ice, uh, and all of their just philosophy and life and you know how they kind of lived and I was decided I had to go meet them. Uh, they, at that point, were running these experiences at their house. Uh, so I gave that to myself for my birthday one year and went out there and uh, trained with them, you know, out to Malibu. Had about 20 other type A individuals, I would say. Most people, you know, from doctors, lawyers, pro athletes, a little bit of everything, finance guys, and just got into the whole experience, go through a 45-minute breath session with a bunch of people, which is, I'd always done it just by myself, yeah. and that just blew my mind. Uh, and then from there, getting into the pool, and, uh, you know, you got dumbbells, weights, jumping in a 12-foot pool, swimming across the pool, trying to keep your mind steady while the chaos is everywhere, and, you know, it's that just controlled chaos and trying to stay straight. Their, their you know, coaching is incredible and in how they, you know, teach you that you, know, you got a little bit more than you think you have. But, you know, in the pool especially, it's not always pushing and fighting and going. You have to just let go. And, you know, it's that slowest, smooth, smoothest, fast kind of Navy SEAL mentality yeah. in, in that aspect of it. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, I'll tell you a funny pool story in a little bit. But um, earlier we were kind of talking about kind of like the principles of breathing. You are talking about how, like, um, you like things that have uh, – where you had kind of been exposed to like different breathing techniques mm-hmm. and you realize that, oh, there's more than just one, but they all kind of follow like these general principles. Let's kind of go uh, talk about that a little bit. What are the principles of breath that, that people need to know and can take away? Well, the main one is you should be breathing in and out of your nose 95% of the time. Really, as you're going throughout your day, you need to be breathing through your nose. And that's because our nose was made to breathe. It's how we filter, clean out all of our air, it balances out carbon dioxide and oxygen, which is very important. Most people don't realize how important CO2 is, and it's our sensitivity and tolerance of CO2 is how we actually use the oxygen we take in, uh, be efficient with it. If, you know, we are just breathing in and out of our mouth and blow off too much CO2, and that CO2 has to be there to allow the 
oxygen to get out of the blood into your muscles, into your brain. Uh, you also have nitric oxide in your nose, which is strong antiviral, antibacterial properties. Also opens up your airways and your blood vessels, allowing more oxygen to get pushed throughout your body. Uh, you also have, uh, you activate your diaphragm when you breathe in and out your nose. And that diaphragm is really our main breathing muscle, and it keeps us, it's our center of gravity, keeps us stable, keeps us moving properly. If you're not breathing properly, you're probably not moving properly. Uh, you know, especially, you know, here for lifting heavy weight, if you don't get that diaphragm active and you can't set your brace and set your core, then you're most likely going to get injured. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people don't breathe up here in their upper chest and tax these secondary muscles, the neck and shoulder. That just causes you a whole lot more stress, causes you tension in those areas as well. And, and breathing through the nose just keeps you in a much calmer, more that parasympathetic rest relaxation state, uh, you know, throughout your day as you're going. If you're breathing in and out of your mouth, you're just keeping those stress hormones and you're keeping the chronic stress levels just running and running and pumping all day long. Can you not activate your diaphragm when you breathe through your mouth? You can. Like, and now I'm trying to try it. You can. And, and it feels awkward. And it's, um, you have to learn, but typically when people are breathing out of their mouth, it's a shallow. Yeah. And, and they're going as a vertical breath yeah. pattern as opposed to, well, I like to say, a 360 degree. So it's not... Really, you hear people talk about a belly breath. Uh, it's more of a full 360 degree where you can feel it in your back, your ribs. Because as you breathe in, your diaphragm kind of flattens out. Your ribs open up like little bucket handles. Yeah. Tell most people to breathe. They immediately go raise the shoulders. Yeah. And so that's what I mean. You can definitely still activate your diaphragm. And that's one of the things is, okay, you get the breathing in through your nose. And, you know, like with training, I'd get people, okay, you're going to, Breathe through your nose as much as you can at first, which is going to slow you down while you're working out, but you're building a base and a foundation. And then you learn how to, okay, I need to transition to breathing in through my nose, out of my mouth as intensity picks up, breathing in and out of my mouth. And so when you do have to switch, you still use your diaphragm as opposed to switching to those secondary respiratory muscles. Which that also tells your brain, shit, I'm close to dying because yeah, yeah. I shouldn't be here unless... You know, I was very much at the end because I'm not supposed to be taxing these muscles until much later on. Right. So, so your mouth kind of comes in at the point where you cannot expel enough CO2 properly through your nose. And pull in enough <laughs> oxygen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So principle one, breathing through the nose. Um, how can people train that? First, become aware of how you're breathing, you know, yeah. and just watch, you know, at all my clients that I work with one on one had a session today, brand new client. It's like this first month is really this first week to a month is going to be awareness. Watch how you breathe. When you get stressed out, what happens? Do you switch to breathing fast in and out of your mouth? Maybe you hold your breath. Some people hold their breath, have that kind of freeze response when they get stressed out. So when you start, find yourself breathing in and out of your mouth, switch it to breathing in through your nose. Then you want to think about breathing lower, breathing that horizontal pattern like we talked about and trying to slow your breath down. Those are like three things you can quickly do and to work on training it. It's really just breaks, takes practice and work. A lot of people say, well, I can't breathe through my nose. Well, that's because you probably haven't been. And just like anything you use it or you lose it. And so you have to build back up, uh, you know, in the gym, I tell people start out with your warmups. Yeah. All your warmups should be done in and out of your nose you're building up that CO2 in your system, that's automatically going to be dilating those, that airway, dilating the blood vessels, so you're going to get oxygen pushed out more, going to get more oxygen uptake, go ahead and get that started ramping up. 
then anything aerobic, try to do it through your nose. Yeah. Try to do your, you know, any type of jogging, running, biking, do it through your nose. You know, as you get a little bit more adapted, try those CrossFit classes. See if see how far you do those through your yeah. nose. And you're gonna slow down your times because there's a there's an ego aspect involved in it. When you tell people they gotta breathe through your nose, they're gonna it's like your times will slow down at first, but give it a month. Your times will be right back to where they were, and you'll have an extra gear when you get done, and you'll be able to drop the hammer when you need to. And when everybody's lying down on the ground, laid out dead, you'll, you're, recover, you're, yeah. you'll be able to recover faster because that's the thing. Breathing in through your nose, less oxidative stress on the body, easier to recover. You can recover faster. Your body, the lactic acid buildup is less in your body as well, so you're not getting as sore. Uh, yeah. So all that is involved with it. Um, and this may be another principle, but I think one thing that, that I've found to be the most beneficial with like having focused breath and, and taking those principles of like, kind of like shifting the gears, nose mm-hmm. to mouth and then back down is it gives you, it gives you a sense of like control and, 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 uh, and focus during a time where you could just be like, oh, I'm dying. That's right. Or most people just lay on the ground and go, oh, that was the hardest thing ever. If you're like, okay, I'm going to start downshifting. Yep. Get, get back control of my breath. And that's been something I've I've tried to implement with a lot of my football players uh, because I try to help them understand is like um, if in between plays you can now get back uh, under control and start focusing on your breathing, you're going to be um, in a better mental place where you can pay attention to what's going on. Where like in a two-minute drill, someone else is going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying. You're going, okay, what's the play? This is the play. This is their formation. Okay, what is my duty? What's this guy doing? You, you just have – You can problem solve. 100%. And, you know, whether it's on the athletic field or in the boardroom at a meeting, you have that ability to keep problem solving, keep your mind working, and not get in that overly agitated kind right. of stress state, little panicky. Okay, so I've heard – of the breathing uh, or the taping your mouth shut at night. Mm-hmm. Okay, can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, yeah, so most people think that's crazy, but <laughs> if you think about it, how important nasal breathing is. If you're breathing in and out of your mouth for a third of your day because you're sleeping with a mouth wide open, you're keeping your body in a stress state. If you track your sleep, you can see pretty great benefits in your improvement in your REM sleep, your deep sleep, your lower respiration rate as you sleep at night too, that's all saying your body's in a much more relaxed, calmer state, recovering quicker. What you'll notice when you also, if you so if you wake up, you know, and you have a dry mouth or you wake up a lot at night having to go to the bathroom, uh, wake up feeling a little lethargic, probably sleeping with your mouth open. Mm-hmm. And for one, you're breathing off a lot of water, you're getting more dehydrated, keeping that body stressed. So if you tape your mouth, you will retrain your breathing patterns to start breathing in and out of your nose. And it takes, I think I did it every day for probably three months maybe. Uh, <laughs> not every day, but I would say five out of seven days, okay, something. Yeah, yeah. Now I still do it a couple times a week. Yeah. Um, and I notice a drastic difference, you know, when I do it, when I don't. And it, and it's just a way to keep you know a nice, more peaceful sleep. You'll wake up feeling a whole lot better. And you don't need a big piece of tape. It's like a tiny piece just to go like this. There's actually brands that okay. make them. Uh, Somnifix, Myotape are a couple of brands. I was going to ask you, just like 
duct taping it or like and it's <laughs> small so what i use is 3om called micropore okay my, um hypoallergenic paper tape okay uh, super cheap you can buy a box of like 12 rolls on amazon yeah uh, and all you need is, I mean, it doesn't even have to cover your whole mouth. Just something to keep your mouth closed. Just to keep your mouth closed. Don't do it if you've been drinking way too much or sick or anything, and just try it out for 10 minutes before you go to bed, yeah. really. Most people freak out about it, so try it before you sleep, and then when you also begin doing it, you're not. it's not going to be on you when you wake up. Yeah, it's going to be it your body's priority number one is respiration. That is the goal, is to breathe. And that is the first and last thing we do. So yeah. your body wants to breathe. It is going to figure out a way to breathe. You're not going to, you know, die at night. Yeah. Uh, and you'll also notice that as you do that, you have maybe a less stuffy nose. When you start forcing yourself breathing in and out of your nose, all that congestion, that kind of stuff starts to clear up on its own. You, the nasal passages open up a little bit more. And if you allow yourself to do it at night, um, you'll have a much better sleep. Okay, so that was going to be my next question is like, what about if you're like dealing with, dealing with allergies or your nose is stuffed up and you're like, I'm trying to be breathe through my nose, but it, the daggum thing's clogged. So that's, you know, like we talked about, it's something that you have to work on. Uh, and it is more difficult. It's hard. People with deviated system, stuff like that is harder, but it can still be trained. And as you do breathe in and out of your nose, what you're doing is you're going to filter out all those allergens and pollutants. So you're going to have less of that going forward. There are some tricks that you can do. They're not, it's not sitting in your nasal passages. Yeah. So, and and when you're breathing in, um, when you're breathing through your mouth, you're not filtering anything out. So it's basically like going and drinking pond water as opposed to filtered water. Yeah, it's okay. And it's going into your lungs and it's giving you more of an immune response and reaction where the passages, the, the hairs and mucus in there, cleans all that stuff out ah. and will help with congestion overall. But there's a couple of tricks that you can do to open up your airways. One of them is just to uh, exhale out your air, hold your breath. Uh, so holding after you breathe out, yeah. move around for 10, 15 seconds. So you start getting an urge to breathe. And we want to move around. So carbon dioxide starts building up a little more, get a little nitric oxide building up in your nose too. Then breathe in through your nose take a few breaths into the nose, out of the mouth, just to recover, and do it again. Do that five about five times, and you'll have your nasal passages cleared up pretty quickly. And, you know, and if it's and if it's something that's a really bad, using things like the saline, uh, yeah. stuff like that, will help clear it up. Using the over-the-counter nasal drugs, they can end up causing more problems yeah. because they're just going to keep you coming back for more. Yeah. I did a... Um of rolfing session, the 12 rolfing, whatever's and yeah. one of the ones they do is your nasal passages. And that was one of the most crazy things I've ever felt was someone sticking their entire pinky up your nose, up my nose and like stretching my nasal passages. And I was like, wow. I bet that was painful. It was pretty painful. I've uh, done some rolfing, <laughs> uh, never had that done before, but it was, it was, it, was it probably pretty, completely opened you up. I oh, say. I felt like my nose was like the size of a quarter. I mean, I was like, this is great. Uh, that's, um, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, okay, so principle one, breathing through the nose. What mm-hmm. are some other principles? Well, really that, so we, we have breath techniques that can help slow you down. Okay. You have breath techniques to help speed you up. Okay. We look at it really on the spectrum. So you look at it, average breath per minute for people is about 14, 15. Um, optimal, you want to be breathing 10. 
closer to that. Mm. Uh, if you track things like HRV, a lot of the research is about six breaths per minute is op- optimal for your HRV and recovery. Then you have, you know, higher breath rates, 20, which if you're just sitting at rest, that is going to keep you in a stress state. So we have slow breathing patterns, things that are going to lower your blood pressure, lower your heart rate, uh, keep you in more of that parasympathetic state. Those are the you know, oxygen advantage techniques, the, which is uh, very reduced breathing. So you're really working on building up tolerance to carbon dioxide, kind of training that response, small breath holds without breathing fast, Things like box breathing yeah. would be in there too. Um, just long cadence breaths, so like just balanced breaths in for five, out for yeah. five. Ujjayi breaths, yoga, some prana not yama techniques like that. O- Ujjayi, I call it ocean, but that yeah, yeah. you know making that sound, you know, creating a little tension helps you control your breath. Then on the other side, which are more sympathetic, which are going to ha- raise your heart rate, kind of give you a little boost of energy. Uh, things like breath of fire. Uh, Wim Hof, which is basically tumo breathing, uh, some of these faster, more energetic, which we call superventilation. So you are uh, controlled hyperventilation techniques, yeah. uh, rapidly breathing in and out of your mouth, in and out of your nose, out of your mouth. So you can ramp yourself up and you can take yourself and slow yourself down. So I mean, you'll, you'll hear the term that the breath is a remote control of your brain because yeah. it really is a knob to learning how to regulate your nervous system yeah. and also learning how to read your nervous system and know, okay, I am in a really stressed state. Um, because of my breath? Because my breath is, is out of whack. You know, my breath, I'm breaking up. I can't really slow my and control my breathing patterns down. Yeah. I'm, you know, unconsciously holding my breath. Uh, so we like to play on both of them. Uh, there's good and bad things. There's certain people you don't necessarily want to play on the – to sympathetic side yeah. uh there's some contraindications there but for healthy people we want to stress that side yeah. uh, majority of people i see i want to take them to the other side the slower pace patterns first because most people are sympathetically driven yeah. that we see right now they are stuck in this chronic fight or flight and they need to come down but i have clients who are very mellow and they need to go the other yeah. way and be forced to ramp themselves up and push themselves that's cool um do you know Britton Bailey? Oh, yeah. Britton's awesome. Okay. So uh, I see her on Wednesdays for mobility stuff. Oh, nice. <laughs> the other day, she put me through uh, some breathing stuff where I was basically holding a, um, oh, I can't remember the stretch, but stretching out kind of my hips. Mm-hmm. And um, we were doing uh, really long inhales mm-hmm. and then short as fast as possible exhales. And we do like five or six of those. Then I do an inhale and hold for as long as possible. And um, I was kind of sitting there, and I was, like, looking at this back wall, and it's this back wall just starts, like, melting, just straight up, like, <laughs> hallucinating. It's like, oh, man, this is crazy. Like, watching that back wall just kind of, like, shift and move. Um, but uh, she was like, she's like, okay, we did it once. I did decently long. She's like, I'm going I'm to time you this next time. I was like, okay. And then I made it, like, two two and a half minutes. And, uh, and I was like, ah, such a little bitch. I could have done three. That was my response. <laughs> I was like, ah, I was like, but it was weird. Cause I kind of go through these periods of like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. No, I'm good. Yeah. No shit, oh shit, oh shit. No, I'm good. Like if, if I could get through that next, like, oh shit, I need to breathe. And I was good for another 10, 15 seconds. Yeah. And that's, you know, listening to those triggers and alarm bells and, you know, in breath holds, you get a lot of stories that start playing in your head. Um, and really 
handling those and dealing with those. And what you'll notice is you start picking up those stories that you're telling yourself in other areas in your life. And you can tap into some areas that you didn't really know you had. And, you know, like you're saying, you did these four long inhales and short exhales, and that's a sympathetic thing too. Inhales more sympathetic, exhales more parasympathetic, and you're playing with the links and kind of we do all – all sorts of stuff like that as well. That's cool. And holding on the inhale versus holding on the exhale. Yeah. There's a lot difference in there and how yeah. how you respond to it as well. Um, so let's kind of talk a little bit about how then, because like I said, I think the, the, the people have to understand like the, the principle, the foundation is the breath work. Mm-hmm. And then you take that knowledge out of building and then we apply it to the higher stress inducing um, activities like the heat, the ice, the pool. So talk talk, uh, talk a little bit about all that mm-hmm. um, and how you guys u- utilize that. So getting in an ice bath is probably one of the most stressful things for 90% of the people. Uh, it is your body goes into full fight or fight shock. Yeah. It is get me out of here right now. When I when you get in there, it's, you know, we get you in, dunk under fully, Head dunks, come back up. Typically, people are in that panic state. First time they've done it, it is usually a yeah. can't control their breath. You know, just going total reaction, just wanting to jump out of there. Uh, so, what we first try to do is just get your breath under control. You know, a couple big breaths in through the mouth, out of the mouth, and in through the nose, out of the mouth. And we focus on slowing the breath down. Yeah, in the nose, slower out on the exhale. Use the mouth exhale for the ice typically just because it's easier for people to control, easier to slow down, can be a little bit more calming, yeah. especially when you're first doing it. We're just trying to lengthen that exhale out. Yeah. When you start to lengthen that exhale out, blow the breath in through your nose, lengthen your body and your nervous system says, okay, I'm not dying. I can start running through this host physiological process. I'm going to bring the blood into my core. I'm going to start creating these cold shock proteins. I'm going to start releasing certain hormones. Uh, and I'm going to start adapting. Yeah. And it's all about adapting. Everything we do is about stress plus rest equals growth. Yeah. you got to have both of them. Most people just want the stress and then think they can grow from it. you got to have the rest aspect yeah. in there too. So you get, you know, as you go through this, you know, one of the things we've been tracking a lot, I've got a group of people who come over. Uh, we do it at least twice a week. Some of them are there every time, and we do a lot like on the Garmin yeah. and have it set up to where we're looking at, you know, basically heart rate. You'll notice when you get in the sauna, the heart rate kind of gradually ramps up. Our sauna is about 220. Uh, heart rate will get up to about 120 just sitting in there. We're in there 10 to 15 minutes getting uncomfortable yeah. where you're ready to get out. You know, a lot of times people just love the sauna, but when it gets that hot, you don't, this, you know, that sympathetic side, I need to get out of here right now. A little panic, starting to get control of your breath in there. But that heart rate's spiking. Then you get nice, you get a nice little jump up when you first get in. And then by the end of it, it's just a slow, gradual decline. Yeah. And people can drop their heart rate from 120 to 40, yeah. you know, in a couple minutes. And it, once you start getting your breath under control, it's literally like well, it'll be dropping 10 beats you know, every few seconds where wow. you go from a hundred to 50 in 15, 20 seconds. We were watching uh, Brandon's whoop uh, data 
Yeah, and there's but it was like one, I think after one forty in the in the sauna, and then just steep drop yeah. off to forty in the ice bath. And it's <clears throat> and that is a stress on your body, and we we use it as a recovery mechanism, but it is more than that. It is it is stressful, and if you're not adapted to it, um, it can be really stressful. When the first time people do it, most of them end up crashing. They get you kind of have this ice high where you're floating, feeling great the rest of the day and then uh end up crashing want a big meal but you you know what you have the best sleep of your life it's nap time (laughs) yeah it is it's nap time and you get incredible sleep and you know benefits from that and really the the heat and it's one of the best things you can do for your longevity and it is i love it as a meditative and a mental aspect but the physical benefits of it are just Amazing, and then in the pool. Well, so before we go to the pool, yeah. can you talk about a little bit about the protocols, like how long and, and how many rounds for the heat and ice? So what we do is roughly three minutes. Um, kind of depends. Um, three minutes in the ice, ten to fifteen. You go roll through three rounds of that. Okay. Uh, as people get adapted, we change it. Uh, you know, I'll stay in there more. Also, play with breath lengths. How long? How many? You know. How few breaths can you take while you're in the ice? How much can you slow your breath down? Yeah. Uh, really trying to work on that aspect of it as well after you've been doing it a while. And then in the ice, uh, kind of depends on the heat, how many people are in there. Yeah. But it'll be, you know, 10, 10 to 15 minutes and pushing past. 10 to 15 minutes in the heat. Yeah, in yeah. the heat, yeah. But not, some people in the ice. Yeah. yeah. Um, Got to be very adapted for that. Uh, yeah. and, and it's, you know, wanting to push past that. All right, I'm ready to get out. Yeah, when yeah. you feel that I'm ready to get out, I'm staying a little bit longer. Yeah, and when and and then, what temperatures? I mean, what temperatures are you trying to to shoot for for each? Uh, I like the sun about two twenty. Okay, ice thirty. Yeah, I mean it's cold. You know, a lot of research on ice is like a fifty degree ice bath. Yeah, um, and and they're in for twenty minutes, so. Drop it down to thirty. Stay in there less time. Right. Ramp up the intensity. Take down the time, uh, and you know, play around with it there. What's the most you've seen, or like, is there any safety issues with staying in the thirty degrees? You know, beyond ten minutes. You need to be very adapted to that. Yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't tell anybody to go out and do that right out of the gate. Right. right, right. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've stayed in there for ten minutes. Uh, know people who have but it's people who've been doing it for a long, for a while, long time yeah. uh, you know as you kind of get used to it and you say they're four and five and just kind of stretching it out slightly but you know and some people when i first get them in there it's not three minutes it's one, one minute. minute yeah and uh, you know depending on how old they are what they what they've gone through it's also i tell them it's not about staying in there the whole time it's about staying in there longer than you want to stay in there it's about breaking that emotional reaction function that says get me out of here right now learning to control your breath don't just give me three more breaths then we'll decide how you feel after that if yeah. you after three calm breaths you still want to get out we'll get out because that's more of the rational mind saying okay i, I think i need to get out right get out go into the sauna warm up we'll try again you know? yeah most people will end up making it um, by the end of it, at least through a full round. Yeah. Um, okay, so now I kind of talk about some of the stuff y'all do in the pool. So, yeah, in the pool, we are, you know, 
doing a lot of work, a lot of plyometric work, so a uh, lot of jumping, squatting, some breath hold stuff. Uh, breath hold stuff I wouldn't tell anybody to do by themselves. That's yeah. and, and never do any of the like Wim Hof techniques, any of that stuff around water. It's highly dangerous. Yeah, because uh, you can have shallow water blackouts because you blow off so much carbon dioxide. You think you can hold your breath longer than you really can, and you just blackout. Yeah. Um, but we do some controlled stuff. It's usually very much you know. I'm watching. We have partners. We're anything from carrying D balls underwater to uh, jumping with dumbbells, thrusters, pretty much any weight you can do, any movement you can do with a dumbbell, we will incorporate it into the pool somehow, uh, along with things like pull-ups on the side of the pool. Um, we, you know, and also sometimes incorporate stuff outside of the pool, and so we'll have kind of a surf and turf aspect of yeah. it. Uh, and getting smaller groups, and it is most people who are in the gym, hitting it hard at the gym, think they can do the same thing in the pool, and you try to fight and fight and fight, and you can't fight the water. You know, the, the water will win. So the more relaxed, the more calm you can be, the better you can keep control of your breath. Because as you're doing this stuff and you're holding your breath and you're moving, that CO2 is building up. If you start to panic, it just rises faster, yeah. even if it's just increased thoughts. Increased thoughts burn more energy and build more CO2 in your system. So it's trying to keep as calm and cool and collective. Uh, very big on form, how, how you're – Swimming, holding the weights, all that stuff matters. Trying to be as aerodynamic as possible. Um, and, you know, so we'll go through a host of things. And really, it's about just letting go. And you don't feel like you're just wrecked yeah. when you get done. Your joints aren't hurting. Uh, you know, you have the pressure of the water on you. You can do, you know, people who have some injuries can't necessarily do stuff outside of the water. They can do it in the water. Yeah. Just because you know you don't have that pounding, yeah. and it's you. Same thing with that. You get pretty tired and worn out from an hour, an hour and a half session in the pool. I get tired just like sitting in the pool, hanging out with my kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you got the sun. You got the sun beating down on you, and then you you throw in some weights and yeah. uh, some working out, and it, and it takes you to another level. Yeah, and I I wasn't even thinking about like even the kind of like. Um, injury recovery slash like movements that you can mm-hmm. do uh in the pool that you couldn't do with full gravity uh, yeah you, you know like being able to kind of like even um reintroduce these movements in a safer environment yeah. a, 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 exactly a, a no yeah. pain environment you know yeah and one of the i mean there's joe kim noah who was here for a while he's been training with laird and gabby forever and when he was recovering from injury and trying to get back in the nba that's what he was doing with the pool workouts with Laird. Laird had a, a goal in the freaking deep end, making him jump out and get dunking and Dunk stuff it, yeah. and doing, you know, that's kind of one of the things they, he really used to bring his training back. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I have a, uh, I have a funny story that maybe you can kind of share uh, some insight into it. So I, um, I did the Navy SEAL fitness challenge. When I was like 23 or something like that. And, um, but had like never done any swimming, like training whatsoever. So um, it's a six hundred meter swim, uh, max push ups in two minutes, max sit ups in two minutes, max pull ups, then a mile and a half run. And so, as a buddy and I were going to do it, I was like, "Hey, I, I'll create the training for the everything else." If and he was an all state swimmer, if like you'll start the if you'll do the, the pool workouts for us, but he's like, "Cool." 
I'm like on day one, he was like, oh, we're just going to warm up with like 100 meters. <laughs> like freestyle. And I was like, I did 100 meters. Like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. that, that was my workout for the day. I'm so smoked. <laughs> and ne- no one had ever like taught me like correct technique, how to breathe yeah. in the pool. And so like, I'm like I swam, I think it was 25 meter lanes, like swam 25 meters. Like, oh, I went too bad. Got back. I was like, this is kind of hard. Went down the other time. I was like, oh my God. And like, like barely made it back. I'm out. I was like, I'm out. He's like, what do you mean done? I was like, that was all I had for today. Like I literally, I'm going to drown if I'm in this pool any longer. <laughs> and there was another point where like, I can't remember what we were doing, but I made it like halfway down the lane and just freaked out and had to swim like across other people's lanes <laughs> to make it to the side yeah. of the pool. And it was like, the way they described it was like on land, you're, you're, com- you're comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like if you're breathing hard, or you've got pain or whatever it was on land. It was like, I can just slow it down. Or I just mm-hmm. push through it. And it was like, it just didn't exist in the pool. It was like, I'm either comfortable or I'm drowning. And I just, I, I didn't know how to deal with it. And he didn't know how to coach me through it. So, uh, my strategy for the 600 meter was just to, um, Side stroke it because I could keep my head out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> that was my strategy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that panic happens, you know, you're right. It, when you get a little too hard, working too hard on dry land, you can always stop yep. and, and breathe. You can't necessarily do that in the water, especially when it's deep. Yeah. Uh, and if you start panicking, it only makes it worse. Yeah. I think that, um, I think kind of like what, what all this, uh, what I hope some people will kind of understand, take away is, a lot of the benefits of doing a lot of this stuff is is exposing yourselves to situations that stress you out. Mm-hmm. Having someone guide you through the process of like overcoming that stress and realizing you can get through that stress and then applying it to other areas of your life, whether that be work or, or yeah. relationships or whatever, and kind of like um, uh, having that self-confidence like, well, I do hard things all day every or every day I'm, yeah. I'm regularly doing hard hard things and teaching myself that like i'm going to be okay i'm going to get through this thing so you know um and so you can kind of self uh, simulate that that stress through these physical stresses that's right and then apply those strategies to some of those non-physical stresses that may pop up in life unexpectedly so that and that is exactly right you know and it's Doing the practices, seated breathing practices, you know, stuff I, I like to do, they're important and they help you, but be able to, you got to be able to perform in chaos. Yep. You can all be calm just sitting there breathing, but when the shit hits the fan, how are you going to react? Yep. Uh, and learning just a few techniques, there's a lot of simple things you can do when you get really stressed out in the moment, not just breath with your eyes as well, how you're looking can instantly change the processes going on in your head. Okay, so t- you can tell me about stop that. that snowball effect. Well, when we are sympathetic, we start to get stressed. You're looking at your computer all day long. We're in this focused state with our eyes. Yeah. That puts our nervous system in a more stress response. Your breathing rate's always also increased. We're always on our phone. First thing to do, look up, look out panoramically. Mm. That naturally starts to calm you down. Then couple big breaths in the nose out of the mouth then start slowing the breath down okay. slowly in the nose slowly out and then focus on let's extend this exhale yeah. slightly 
within two minutes, you can just feel the tension drop, feel the heart rate drop. You're really, nowadays, we're looking at so much stuff just right in front of us, and we're always focused on that. Yeah. And if you can just take your gaze away, especially if you can look out at nature. Yeah. Uh, and get control of your breath and then slow down your breath, slow the exhale down. More importantly, you'll really see a quick drop. I've got a few videos on Instagram stuff, kind of walking people exactly through yeah. it and That's awesome. uh, how to do it in the moment. Yeah, I've never heard of the eye thing. That, that totally makes sense. I've heard, um, I've heard look at green. I've heard like look at the color green before. Um, see, that's kind of a calming color. Yeah. Which is the opposite. Like one of the reasons I chose orange for here, because I looked up, I was like, what is the most like. It's intense? sympathetic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was like, well, I want the color that says action. Yeah. That's, you know, and in, in, so I do virtual breath classes as well. And Friday's virtual class we call it journey of the breath. And so it's a long session to music. We're kind of ramping your nervous system up and down, doing all these different patterns. And I'll imply like visualization and colors and, Reds, yellows, oranges are the more sympathetic, fiery, yeah. or greens and blues, and they're kind of lighter, yeah. more parasympathetic uh, as well. So those, that's cool. those colors kind of blend in there too. That's cool. Good, that was a good tactic. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Like um, in the other gym, it was like it was it was red, black, and gray, and then it had these skylights that were awesome when there's pretty outside, but like when it was dark and gloomy outside, it just made the gym feel like the most gloomy place ever. And some people are like, oh, yeah, it's cool. It's hardcore. I was like, oh, I'm here like 12 hours a day. I was like, <laughs> this is this is sapping me. So like <laughs> at this, when we built this one, I was like, I was like, put the brightest lights you can in here and paint everything bright orange. Because like I wanted to be like energetic all day yeah. long. So that was, that was my thought process. Um, one thing that, that, that uh, another kind of scenario I was thinking about with the breath is, um, so in a lot of like, um, law enforcement or military training, um, they'll, they'll do, um, a stress exposure. So, and they do like, um, they call like a sim training or kill house mm-hmm. training where they're doing, they're working like CQB, um, close quarters, uh, tactics. Yeah. Um, they'll turn all the lights out and then blare like music as, as loud as possible. And so I was doing, um, opposing force where like you're pretending to be the bad guy for uh, a law enforcement agency here in Memphis. And this first time I'd ever done it. And I've, I've been shooting my whole life. Felt relatively confident with, with, with you know, with, with the weapon. It's like kind of nervous. Like, I want to know what this is going to be like, but it's going to be kind of fun. And, uh, but they did, I didn't know they were turning the lights off. And so like lights go off death metal as like as loud as you can possibly imagine. Like where you can't hear yourself yeah. talk. And then you're like, oh, my gosh. And then you just see, like, flashlights. You realize they're using flashlights, and you start hearing the clicking, click, 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 from the guys shooting. And, like, my, like my breath went, <laughs> <laughs> like, sky Panic. high. It panicked out my mind. Yeah, I was like, and um, just kind of thinking about, like, uh, and, and talking to them about it, I was like, I was like, man, like, I freaked out. Like, yeah, everyone freaks out. That's, what, that's one of the reasons we do this for, for these mm-hmm. guys is so that if we can expose them to, like, the most stressful situation where, like, you can't see and you can't hear yeah. and you're being shot and, you know, if we can expose you to the most stressful situation uh, over and over and over again, you eventually kind of learn to, like, calm down, be okay with it, um, and get into more sympathetic state where you can start thinking, making decisions, all that kind of stuff. And then the more I did it, the more I was like, 
then I would take other people, and that was my favorite thing. They're like, what's it like? I was like, I mean, it's hard to explain. You just kind of got to, like, <laughs> learn it. And so, like, you know, then I, having been exposed to it enough times, like, the lights would turn off, the music would turn on, and just like. Yeah. All right, let's do it. And it's going to be fun. And calm down. And yeah. I mean, a lot of the techniques we'll use are stuff from the Navy SEALs. And, yeah. you know, they have a whole host of different protocols that they use as well. And yeah. My friend would always come out and be like, oh, my gosh, that was crazy. You know, because I, I, <laughs> like, you didn't tell me it was like that. I was like, I know. It's, I wanted that to was just, fun. I, I wanted to see how you would react to it. Um, in the pool, are you, you like, I, I asked this just as, like, a personal question, but, like, did I have a pool? Like, are you just using regular dumbbells, like, rubber-coated dumbbells? Yeah. Yeah. Like, hex coat? Like, like red, rubber hex dumbbells. Okay, yeah. I was like, like, is there any danger to like messing up your your liner? Yeah, don't don't <laughs> drop like, the don't drop the weights. Like, that's rule, that's rule number one. Don't <laughs> drop the weights. I like that. That's awesome. All right, cool man. Uh, that's about all we got on time. Um, talk a little bit uh, or share with people like um, where they can reach out to you, where they can find you, where they can follow you, and then um, kind of some of the stuff that you do uh, and how you, how like the, the services that you offer and how people can yep. um, get in touch with you. My website's www.symmetry.live. You can find me on Instagram at symmetry.live and at Taylor two underscore Somerville. There you go. Uh, is there another Taylor school? Taylor? Yeah, there is. Uh, there's another one on there. Um, <laughs> I, I do one-on-one work uh, with most people, you know, dealing, as I mentioned, we're looking at your mindset, nutrition, uh, really helping you create new habits uh, so you can better handle stress. I mean, everybody's busy. We mostly work with busy professionals doing this. Everybody's busy giving you tools so you can have more energy, handle the stress of kids, work, life, in a productive manner. Uh, as I mentioned, I have these uh, virtual breath classes, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at noon central. Those are all recorded, so if you don't make them live, you still get a recording on those. And you can access that through my site. And then I do workshops around different gyms occasionally and then do uh, private heat and ice sessions as well. Very cool. Take the sauna around whatever, people's houses and, uh, you know. The mobile put, sauna. Take the mobile sauna, put them through a breath work session and uh, throw them in the heat and ice. I remember you, you did that here. And um, I remember it was 33. It was, cold. De- it was 33 degrees outside. <laughs> Yep. The, 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 uh, it was a chilly day. Yeah, the uh, the water was 32 degrees. And I, I think, I assume it was you who said it, but someone was like, this is crazy. Like, it's so cold outside. You're like, well, it's the same temperature inside the water. doesn't matter, like, how cold it is outside. That's right. <laughs> it's still it's so, just mental. <laughs> it's still cold in the in it's, the all, it's all in the mind. That's awesome. All right, Taylor, man, thanks for coming on the yeah, MBS thanks Fitness for Radio me, Podcast. All right, guys, MBS Fitness Radio out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.